You are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for Plano Pulse with your hosts, Jamie Jolly and Jeff Beckley. Thank you for tuning to Plano Pulse, recorded at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Jamie Jolly, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Jeff Beckley, 2018 board chair of your Plano Chamber. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. So in this episode, we're going to be exploring the state of the economy in North Texas. Before we get started and introduce you to our guest, we'd like to take a moment to share a message from the sponsor of today's episode, Rose Food Catering. Rose Food Service is a Plano-based small business offering commercial catering services. Their clients include the City of Plano, Plano ISD, where they serve lunch to 400 children a day, and numerous businesses and organizations, including your Plano Chamber of Commerce. Steve Vitasic, executive chef and owner, is a graduate of Leadership Plano and has sponsored the program for over a decade. Need catering services for your business meeting or social event? Get started by visiting rosecateringplano.com. That's rosecateringplano.com or call him at 469-443-0406. Just looking for a great lunch? Steve invites you to stop by his cafe inside the Collin County Courthouse in McKinney. Thank you again to our friends at Rose Food Service for sponsoring this episode. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to be discussing the state of the economy here in North Texas, something that our businesses pay close attention to. And joining us for the conversation is Jesus Canas with the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Welcome. Jesus Canas, if I said that right, Canas, yes, is a senior business economist at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, analyzing regional economic growth. In addition to writing articles for academic journals He also co-edited 10-Gallon Economy, Sizing Up Economic Growth in Texas. He is an adjunct professor at SMU and serves as a member of the university's Mission Foods Texas Mexico Center Faculty Advisory Board, which aims to improve the Texas-Mexico relationship in its economic, political, social, and cultural aspects. Asus, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, we're just going to jump right in. And um, first, I want to start. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jesus, and a little bit about your role with the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Yes. Um, We at the Fed have this research department where we have uh, three groups. We have the national group, the international group, and the regional group. We all provide economic intelligence to our bank president, Robert Kaplan, so he can go inform about current economic conditions in the nation, the world, and the region, and make monetary policy, right? Um, Within the regional group, we um, follow the Texas economy. And as you might know, we have this great economic relationship with Mexico. So we look at Mexico as part of a region. Um, So I'm one of the Mexican experts there, uh, one of the experts about the Mexican economy. Particularly, what I look or what I monitor is how manufacturing activity on the north of Mexico impacts um, economic activity on the the Texas side um, via these cross-border manufacturing linkages that we share. Wonderful. It's very interesting topic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Especially right now. So um, 
obviously you're an economist at the Federal Reserve, mm -hmm. and most people, I think one of the biggest misnomers is that the Federal Reserve is a government entity, mm -hmm. and it's really not, and there are really some very important reasons why it's not. Mm -hmm. Give us a little explanation as to wh what the Federal Reserve is and what its relationship is to the U.S. government. Yes, well, um, I guess we are both, right? We are public and private at the same time. Um, the public side is on Washington, which is made of our um, board of governors of the That's Federal right. Reserve Bank. Right. And then we have 12 regional banks, which are registered as private corporations. Um, each Federal Reserve Bank have shares the responsibility with the board uh, to do what the Federal Reserve does, which is... Um, I guess, dictate monetary policy to ensure stable economic conditions, you know, full employment and stable prices. Right. We also regulate uh, the banking system, right, and serve as um, lenders of last resort to our um, um, financial industry, right? At the same time, we also help to clear um, or the payment system that we have, right, to clear the payment system uh, to ensure uh, payments get across. Yeah. And you work for the Fed Reserve Bank here in Dallas, in Dallas. which mm -hmm. covers what area? Yes, we have uh, the main offices in Dallas, and then we have three branches. We have one in Houston, one in San Antonio, and one in El Paso. The 11th district, which is our district, is all Texas, um, north of Louisiana, and south of New Mexico. That's our district. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I will share with our, our listeners, um, I actually took a tour of the Federal Reserve uh -huh. Bank of Dallas, and it's very interesting. They have a museum that's very interactive, mm -hmm. and you can learn more about the banking system in the U.S. and um, kind of gives you in, some insight into how the Federal Reserve Bank works. So, um, Yeah, let me, let me just follow up a mm -hmm. question here on the on, on the region that the Fed Reserve is responsible for here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. It's one of 12. Mm -hmm. How important is that region to the economy, to the U.S. economy overall? I mean, how, what, what size comparison, um, you know, what kind of economic impact does this region have on the U.S. economy? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I guess we are one of the largest um, districts, I don't know exactly in what position we are, but but we are um, between the top three, I will say, after, um, I guess, New York and California. Um, we play a very important role in terms of the oil and energy industry, right? And we are the number one state in terms of exports. So it, all together, we are quite important for the nation. Right? Yeah, I read a statistic somewhere that uh, one in 10 jobs are here in Texas that as the economy goes, uh, as the Texas economy goes, oftentimes the U.S. economy will follow. It doesn't necessarily dictate the direction of the ship, but it can certainly have a di an impact on whether it's going to list to one side or the other. Yeah, we in fact we are um, a little bit different from from the nation. We have uh, a different economic structure. We are more energy based. We are right. net producers versus the U.S., uh, which we are net consumers, right? At least Correct. Uh, up, up up to now, um, we are more energy dependent. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, when energy, when oil prices are good, we do good. When oil prices are not that good, we don't 
do that work, as right? evidenced Which is the by the, the oil bust that we've had in the last 20 years exactly. 30 years yeah but we have been diversifying our economy right and every i guess every day um, exports or international trade uh, plays a, a bigger role we have also diversified our service industry as well yeah mm-hmm. uh, is is more yeah it's not like as we go, the U.S. goes, right? We go all together uh, with different economic uh, phases, I guess. Yeah, it struck me when I moved here in 1989, uh, Texas was in the midst of a, of a very serious recession. And it started with the oil economy. Mm-hmm. It was exacerbated by what happened in the real estate economy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Texas was very oil dependent at the time. And mm-hmm. fossil fuels really made the economy go here. And what we've seen in places like Austin and here in Dallas is a lot of diversification, more services, more financial services, more IT Yes. over the last 28 years. And, and our economy is a little more insulated from a specific sector um, being adversely affected by uh, prices like uh, commodity price like oil. Yes. And, uh, and the perfect example is the previous recession that we had where we didn't go, didn't do as bad as the rest of the That's nation. That's exactly right. We learned, I guess we learned our lessons from the 80s and the SNL crisis. That's exactly You remember right. where we had our own housing or real estate crisis back then? Uh, since then, the state, um, I guess, learned and, and um, apply different uh, regulatory structure, right? Exactly. I, I'm not an expert on that, but yeah. I can give you one example. For uh, in, in Texas, we were not able to take an equity loan, right, up to 100% of what we own in the house. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So we had uh, some uh, constraints there, and that somehow helped us to uh, went through this past recession uh, with more cushion than the rest of the nation, like in other states where they were able to be more aggressive in terms of what they used to borrow from their equity, so as uh, home equity, so as, as prices went down, um, uh, they had uh, more trouble going into uh, the next phase, You're right? exactly right. And then, um, but at the same time, as I told you, we are still oil dependent, right? Energy dependent. But sure. after, in 2014, when we, you know, energy peaked, energy prices, and then we saw prices going down, the state didn't go into a recession, right? We were able to mm-hmm. still grow in around 1.5%, and, and now we are back on track and growing faster than the nation. And, and the 1.5% figure that you cite is the is the job growth. Exactly, job growth. Got it. Mm-hmm. And I would say even bring that down closer to home here in Plano, I think our city leadership recognizes that if we can diversify the companies that are present here, the jobs that are um, available in our local economy, it also provides some stabilization. And we've seen that in past recessions. So Mm -hmm. they've been very strategic about recruiting in different industries and making sure we have a diversified uh, job base. Yes. So what is it as an economist and, and someone working with the Federal Reserve Bank, what are the key indicators that you track mm-hmm. in order to really determine what is happening in the regional and the state economy? Yeah. So at the national level, it's really easy, right? We have tons of indicators and they are quite timely, right? But when you look at regions, uh, it gets interesting and, and a little bit more complicated, right? <laughs> so the most current statistic that we have is employment. Payroll employment is the one that we follow all the time. Um, however, is lag. Is the lag it's is still between, a lag. Yeah, yeah, between one and sometimes close to two months lag. So when we are providing economic intelligence to our president, we have that kind of 
uh, obscure window, right? right? That we don't have exactly what's going on right now, uh, but we cannot let him go inform about what's going on in the region, right? So we create our own indicators. Um, we create our own indicators at, at, at the Dallas Fed uh, that allow us to cover that period where we don't have official statistics. We have um, a leading index um, for the Texas economy. We have a coincident index for the Texas economy. The coincident index tell us where we are in the business cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And the leading um, index allows to forecast and growth um, going forward, right? So the leading index, uh, just to explain that a little more, uh, what goes into the leading yeah. index? Yeah, it, it goes with what leads our economy, right? In, in Texas particularly, we have energy activity, right? Gotcha. We, we have um, employment ads, you know, like when, when you advertise for um, your needs of employment, right? Labor needs. Mm -hmm. um, we also have uh, the Texas stock um, index we have our own like publicly traded texas stocks exactly exactly and then we have um the texas price of the dollar which is weighted the pay, um, accordingly to our main trading partners so uh, all those indicators got together into this index and let us know where we are heading right in addition to that we have business surveys which are quite important we have a business survey for 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 services one for manufacturing and one for energy so if we don't have the most current employment or the most current official statistics at this time, we look at these other um, tools and have um, create like a consensus of what's coming, gotcha. right? And that's how we, we connect mm. with official statistics. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking to Jesus about topics including the North Texas housing market mm -hmm. and the impact of tariffs and trade wars on our current economy. With that, let's pause for a message from the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse, Legacy Texas. I want a commercial banker who really gets me. Scratch that. I want a commercial banker who really gets it done. At Legacy Texas, we get it. Really. You expect your banker to understand your needs. It's how they deliver on them that makes the difference. At Legacy Texas, we have the capital and experience you need to seize opportunities as they arise. So whether you're an entrepreneur or a CEO, you can count on us to get it done for you and your business. Legacy Texas, change your mind about banks. Member FDIC. So welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're here with Asus Kanyas, Senior Business Economist at the Dallas Fed. Yes, thank you. So, um, Jesus, we were kind of talking a little bit before we took a break um, about the housing market mm -hmm. and kind of some indicators, key indicators when you're looking at the local economy. Obviously, the housing market here in North Texas has changed in recent years. Mm -hmm. um, we went through a period of slow new home construction, so our, our builders kind of scaled back, um, which led to then having a low inventory, which drove up some of the prices and demand. And then we um, are now seeing record new home starts in our community throughout North Texas. So when looking at today's housing market, what are some of the key takeaways that you all are, are kind of analyzing? Yeah. It has been a ride, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in yeah, North Texas. Okay, so what we well, we look at, uh, at the official statistics that you might also look at, right? Mm -hmm. um, perhaps the only difference between what you what you see there and what we see uh, at the Fed, which uh, which is also available online, is that we seasonally seasonally adjust the numbers just to to be uh, you know just to not have that 
seasonal fluctuation, right? That might be only the difference. Um, but what we are seeing right now is that Texas house prices are finally decelerating, mm -hmm. right? Um, so uh, for the first time in, in some years, I don't know exactly how many years, but maybe five, six years, Texas um, house prices are growing slower than the nation. Okay. Nevertheless, uh, house prices um, in Texas are growing on an annual basis, are growing around 6%, which is not bad, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in the nation, they are growing around 6.6%. So the difference is not huge between growth, uh, price growth here versus the nation. However, this, this um, price growth could be skewed or biased a little bit by um, by expensive houses you know they we we see that the demand for big and expensive houses is still there um, and and is big uh, but that is um, I guess affecting the construction or the inventory for affordable housing in 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 our region right so we have that trade-off prices are still growing uh, particularly on the high price uh, segment and we are seeing um, overall low inventory levels, but uh, those, it's even worse when you look at affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think part of what sets the, the value of homes, it's, it's part of its demand, but also looking at um, construction needs. I mean, we're seeing so much construction in North Texas that it's really hard to find people to work in that industry and fill all the jobs that are out there. And so exactly. I'm sure that's driving the price. And then Definitely. you've got some other factors weighing into that. And to your point, Jesus, it seems that right now with we have a, a looming issue with affordable housing mm -hmm. that is kind of uh, boiling under the surface. A lot of the new construction, as you said, is the higher end homes, uh, more expensive homes, which may be creating some bias on the days in inventory, for example, mm -hmm. which really is kind of a leading indicator yes. to what, what what's gonna happen with prices, mm -hmm. what's happening with prices, what will happen with prices. And so, the affordable housing element is something that we really need to, it sounds like we need to be very uh, sensitive to. Yeah, particularly with with tight labor conditions, right? We don't have enough workers and, and that that could be a big issue going forward. In fact, uh, that's one of our head wings that we, that we keep telling the public when we talk about our current business cycle in Texas. Yes, we are in expansion, however, uh, when issue that we have right now is not enough workers sure. to, to keep up with, with growth, right? Particularly when energy prices are still going up, right? So we suck a lot of our labor to that industry. And exactly. when we, you know, we, um, I mean, other parts of uh, other sectors uh, suffer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've had a big run up um, over the last nine years. We've had really expansion since, well, nine plus years. Mm -hmm going back to almost 2008. Um, and we get this, this question comes up a lot on the business news, you know, what inning are we in as far as this, this type of bull oh, yeah. market I that we're in? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really like to use that term, but, you know, again, just kind of knowing that ec economies are cyclical, yes. that you're going to have expansion, you're going to have contraction, you're going to have uh, growth, you're going to have recession. Mm -hmm. Where are we in the cycle here in Texas, specifically North Texas, mm -hmm. and uh, what, do, what do we have to look forward to here over the next few years? Yeah, well, um, I, I can tell you that we're in full expansion right now, um, but again, 
the problem that I see is at high labor conditions. Uh, we don't have enough workers, and and particularly we don't have enough workers in mid skills, right? And and um, small and medium companies are the ones that are having the most difficulty finding uh, those uh, workers, right? So it's it's easy for big companies to find uh, the workers you need. Uh, I mean, not that easy, but it's easier than small well, and medium businesses, right? Yeah, they because have the facilities to recruit. Exactly. They have benefits. All the amenities, they have, yeah, right? The amenities, that, exactly. That you don't have as a small business. So that's a big concern right now uh, for Texas. Um, then, uh, still, I mean, another headwind is all these uh, trade uncertainty, uh, which it looks like a tra- trade policy uncertainty, which I guess... It's a little bit more clear now that we just passed right. uh, the new trade pact. Uh, well, I mean, it's not passed, but I, at least the, the, the federal governments agreed on it, right? And it, it will have to go through Congress in the three countries. Uh, so but we'll, it's we'll an see. agreement in principle at this point. Exactly, right. in principle. Um, so that's, that's quite important for Texas, right? We, 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 we're a, we manufacture a lot and we export a lot. And, and we, as a whole, benefit from servicing those trade flows particularly along the Texas-Mexico border. Sure. Because, um, as you might know, close to 80% of U.S.-Mexico land trade crosses via Texas port of entry. We're talking about $350 billion a year. Wow. wow. So that's how important uh, trade is for Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I really like, being a citizen of the border, right, is that um, those, those border communities are the ones that lag in our state, right? Mm-hmm. But they, they have been benefiting a lot from this trade dynamic between the two countries. If you look at macro indicators, you can see employment levels before and after NAFTA along the border. And you see that those, uh, um, I mean, not employment levels, but unemployment levels. Unemployment. And you can see that unemployment has been uh, has come down significantly during the NAFTA area. Uh, era, right? So uh, border communities now benefit from servicing that trade, those billions of dollars that cross every day. So again, just to follow this up, nine years of expansion, almost unheard of outside of any kind of uh, a war period. Mm-hmm. I mean, the steam has to come out of the out of the yeah. pot at some point here. Um, when, when and how does that <laughs> kind of transpire? No I, I guess if you knew that. <laughs> yes, if I knew this. Yes. Um, but what, um, well, I, I'm, all, I'm an optimistic, right? I'll mm-hmm. be always an optimistic guy. So hopefully what we will have when it comes is going to be a soft landing, right? Sure. It won't be that really B-shape. Wow. What we've experienced uh, exactly, in Exactly, B-shape uh, recession that we had, more like a... U shape uh, that we economists call soft landing. Hopefully, when it hits, it will hit like that. But I mean, it's just. But for the foreseeable future, it's kind of steady state. Well, and... yeah. I mean, it's, this is my own opinion, and everything yeah. that I have say is my own, and <laughs> yeah. not reflects the Federal Reserve sure. System or the Dallas Fed point of yes. view, right? Um, but yes, um, what I have seen so far in terms of growth um, and and how we have diversified and how things have changed in our state and in the nation over the last 10 years in terms of regulation and, and, and I guess, productivity uh, growth. And, and so I will say that we, we could have a soft landing when it comes, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So kind of in, in the same sentence as that, there's been a lot of emphasis on what's happening in D.C. and the politics uh-huh, in D.C. Yeah. and how does that impact our, our local economy, our, our nation's economy? 
Um, there's constantly breaking news headlines um, related to Congress or our, our president. Does that truly have an impact mm. on our, our nation's overall economy and economic stability? Yeah, well, it could in the long run, right? Um, all these breaking news chaos mm -hmm. generates uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. And uncertainty hits investment decisions and consumer demand, right? Um, however, so far, I haven't seen that yet, right? We are growing around 4%, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of GDP at the national level. Um, so you can, you know, tie this huge growth to lots of reasons. One of them, the tax reform, for example, that, by the way, it has a temporary effect on the economy, right? It's not a long-term effect. It, you know, we, we are seeing the, 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 I guess, the big impacts right now, but that will fade out as we, as we continue, right? Um, so, so far, I don't see any economic effect yet, but we don't know coming forward, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, when, when you are business, I mean, you, you know, when we are, you're a small business owner and you are not sure what is going to happen in terms of trade policy, in terms of, uh, I mean, you can, you can say, you can tell, right? right. Uh, it's really hard for you to make investment decisions and hire three more workers and open another branch. Right. Right? That's right. Well, and you had mentioned earlier NAFTA, a lot of the rhetoric that we hear coming out of Washington, D.C. has been around the trade and, and tariffs. Uh, NAFTA in particular, you'd mentioned that it has such a profound impact. Just talk a little bit more about NAFTA, its impact on Texas uh, beyond, the, you know, the border impact mm -hmm. we know um, you know, as you mentioned before, has a real impact on the cities along the Rio Grande. But how does it affect Texas, and, and what do we have to... And just so our listeners know, too, NAFTA is the North American Free Trade Agreement, and there is a new version of it. Uh -huh. I don't know that they've given yeah. it a the name, US, but Mexico, just want to make sure. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement now. Okay. USMCA. That's, okay. USMCA is the name now. Yeah, and, and again, there's some new elements that are in there, you know, in, in many ways, in some ways it may be better, in some ways it's not better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, what's kind of your initial read on that? Yeah, well, I'm a trained economist, right? So I'm always pro-free trade and efficient economy, right? So I think that right now we have pretty good, like an efficient trading system between the North America, the three countries, and that has helped and contributed tremendously to the growth in, in, in North America, particularly to trade growth and investment growth, right? Okay. Um, so any any disruption of that will have a negative impact, right? And the opposite happens too. If, if you make this agreement better off, so we will be better off, uh, right? So I don't know exactly the details of this new agreement. Uh, I don't know exactly how that might impact our nation and regional economy. Um, but what I can tell you is that um, we, as, as a region, benefit from trade, right? Particularly if uh, the, the exchange of goods is, is an efficient one, uh, one that uh, benefits the three countries, right? Like it has been so far. And just so you have an idea, um, Texas employs about uh, one million workers in the manufacturing needs, right? One million. Okay. So um, 
and and we a lot of those exports that we manufacture export right and and our main trading partner is mexico we export about 40 percent to mexico and then the second one is canada we export about 10 percent of our exports to canada so it's quite important that and you're talking about texas just Texas. number two export is to Canada. Canada. Uh-huh. That's our number two trading partner, right? Single trading partner. Well, and I'm glad to see that it it, it has been addressed because we'd heard that they weren't going to try to wrap up yes, negotiations. Least, uh, yeah. I know it kind of stalled out for a little while and there was discussion that it might not happen until after the midterms. But mm-hmm. obviously for our economy here in Texas, it was in our best interest for something to be negotiated and decided upon yeah, sooner I, than later. And yes, I guess the yes. early read on it is that some agreement is better than no agreement that we would be much worse off had we not come to some terms with both Canada and Mexico. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, that's about all the time we have today, Asus. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights. Um, I'm sure our listeners have many more questions. The best source Mm -hmm. for for, uh, getting information uh, that would follow up your uh, your conversation here today would be at DallasFed.org, the website yes. for the Dallas Federal mm-hmm, Reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have Twitter uh, feeds, and then you've got uh, an e-newsletter that folks exactly. could sign up for as well. Mm-hmm. So if you want more information, uh, go to DallasFed.org. Great conversation. Thank, thank you, you for being here. We would like to thank Legacy Texas, presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse. The support of our sponsors is critical to the podcast. To learn more about sponsorship opportunities and availability, please contact our chamber team. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to join us for our next episode.